I think that what it gave me was the sense of strength and the sense of, you know, when things really go down, it can only go back up. And once you've, once you swam in the ocean, you're not scared of lakes anymore. This is the first time that I'm telling the story. Hello there and welcome to Whips and Chains. An individual can be sold innumerable times. What are the whips that we flog ourselves with often? I discovered cancer, I had breast cancer. And what are the chains that bind us down? Is something I want to explore in my show. They're orphans. It's okay. It's okay. गर्दन निकलती है बाकी हिस्सा ऐसे ऐसे करके निकलता है यार इतना बड़ा पाप होता है अपने गांव में इट्स हॉरिफिक समबडी पास मी बाय एंड हिट माय बम ही डिड हैव अ पर्सनालिटी डिसऑर्डर कई बार मैं सो ही नहीं सका ऑल द ट्रैफिकर्स दैट आई हैव सीन दे आर कॉमन पीपल लाइक यू एंड मी शी सेड कंदा तू दे बटा पुत्र तू इफ यू टॉक अबाउट ह्यूमन ट्रैफिकिंग इट्स अ बिलियन डॉलर बिजनेस देयर वाज अ लॉट ऑफ वायलेंस अ लॉट ऑफ एग्रेशन बड़े-बड़े पुल बना दोगे उनसे ह्यूमैनिटी तो नहीं बनने वाली and welcome to whips and chains hello there and welcome again to whips and chains the show where we have thought provoking discussions about unusual topics my guest today is someone who calls himself the founding intern of his creative marketing agency he's quite the maverick he's bold he's quirky and he calls his life a series of unfortunate events which he has overcome so with that said uh bo <laughs> i'm very very delighted to have you here on my show thank you thank you very much and i look forward to a very interesting conversation about how it is uh your life unfolded a series of unfortunately fortunate events okay okay yeah. i okay. mean because that's how i at least look at it it's yeah. not just unfortunate yeah. i mean yeah sure unfortunate but also well, i've been fairly fortunate enough as well yes. so yes yes why not and you worked you worked for that fortune also right to a large extent yeah <laughs> <laughs> so okay so let's start at the very beginning yeah. tell me about your childhood where you grew okay. up and okay. let's start at the beginning of the story okay i grew up in uh, calcutta i spent most of my childhood there i only moved to delhi in 2007 but childhood was uh, it, it was a mixed bag and like most i think children in india i had a somewhat of a disturbing environment that i grew up in um in terms of in terms of just you know dad was an alcoholic um he battled with it a lot and i grew up watching that so and then you know with alcoholism comes a host of other things as well short temper violence and and um you know just lack of controlling money and all of all of those things that 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 come with any addiction right. i, I right, feel right 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 so you grew up in an environment where you're where you're witnessing a lot of these things right and that so the reason i call it a series of unfortunately fortunate events is because with every unfortunate event you you are also learning something right whether you like it or not you're also learning something so i 
I mean, when I grew up, I learned how to handle my addictions. I mean, I am addicted to cigarettes. I smoke, but alcohol not so much because I know how to control it. I love alcohol. I'm I I'm especially fond of gin, but you're never going to see me tipsy. The reason you're never going to see me tipsy is because something has gone off in my mind, something which I can't control, right? And even though sometimes I want to let it all go and let and just have fun, I can't. There's a mind block, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I think psychology plays such a funny role in people's lives in shaping who they who they become in the yeah. long run. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, I grew up seeing a lot of violence, and I think because of that, I became a person who was not violent at all. Right. right? Um, right. I I I honestly can't remember a single single time when um, I've been physically violent with anyone. My defense strategy is has always been humor. So <laughs> at any given point in time, if there's a uh, battle or a yeah, disagreement, yeah. or, or, uh. or a disagreement. Right. I'm, I'm always going to try and break that huh. with with something funny, which may not be the right thing to do at that point in time. But for that split second, it just it breaks comes the to tension. you. Yeah, it, it breaks it the tension, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you know, I mean, uh, humor also has its repercussions. Right. So the person who's angry at you might possibly get angry here, <laughs> but. <laughs> That'll take a bit of time, right? You know, right? So, right. but but yeah, coming back to my childhood, childhood was uh, as it, it, it was a mixed bag. Um, on one side, I was growing up looking at all of that in the house, but on the other side, I was learning so much. I learned my love for writing came from my dad. Um, my love for just building businesses, entrepreneurship, putting myself out there came from my mother. Um, what did she do? So for the for the for the longest time, she was at home. She was a stay-at-home mom. And then um, my dad and my mom started a business together in public relations. And I would see her draping herself in these gorgeous saris, going out there, holding meetings, um, meeting all sorts of people. And it was lovely to see her. And especially taking charge. Yeah. yeah, taking charge, taking right? Charge. And especially after my dad passed away, she really stepped up. Also. I think no one really had the choice of not stepping up, you know. Yeah. Um, but she really took charge, and the business that my mom and my dad started, she she carried on with that business, and you know, I mean, the business was growing. It was really nice, and she was always so congenial with people. Um, she was never f afraid of saying hi to people. She still isn't. Uh, which which is a fear a lot of us have. Yeah. How do you and and you know how do you go? Especially when you're a homemaker and you're Correct. coming out of that space. Yeah, and to transform into, yourself yeah. in from what right. she was to right. what she became was a huge leap. It was a huge leap, right? Um, so I I learned entrepreneurship and I learned um, how to be with people and just to be open about oneself from her, unapologetically open. Um, but uh, but you you know your father also died tragically yeah and you had to sort of get the whole act together and suddenly you felt that it all fell on your shoulders the responsibility well yes and no because see I mean to be fair I mean my dad died uh, when he was when when I was 19 I was in my first year of college and he he actually killed himself and I saw that happen. Um, but it, 
it wasn't all on me to support the family because my mom was doing that right but as i said the brain plays tricks yeah. on you right yeah in my mind i had to step up just like my mom did and even though the money that i was bringing into the house may, may have been negligible yeah negligible marginal right but still um, you felt the pressure there was pressure felt and also it wasn't just from a monetary perspective it was also from now you got to do something with your life and the pressure right. of doing something with your life um, was again both unfortunate and fortunate as well unfortunate because i'm in college when you are in college most of my college mates were doing drugs getting laid missing classes all of that the stuff that usually happens in college i didn't have any of that i couldn't have any of that Hmm. So when my friends were out partying or you know they were getting together <coughs> at people's places I was uh, I was I had three jobs that I was working at so I would wake up at about maybe 5:36 go to one job do a morning shift there then go to college uh, do my morning classes there then go back to that same workplace and then from there come back home and then i was also working at the times of india then so i would at the page 3 circuit so which meant that i would have to cover clubs and night and night so the the cab would come pick me up with the photographer at about maybe 11 o'clock or so at night and we'd be out till about 3 o'clock in the morning i would come wow. back home barely get about 3 3 and a half hours of sleep before it started over and over and over again so yeah but that sort of that sense of you know so much pressure and so much a uh, performance that you had to do at such a young age yeah what did it bring out in you what emerged i think do you know this is of course this is all in retrospect right yeah. um but i think that what it gave me was the sense of strength and the sense of you know when things really go down it can only go back up right. and once you've once you swam in the ocean you're not scared of lakes anymore yeah you know you're not scared of a piddly pond anymore so i think that's what it taught me the fact that i was out there really out there in the jungle right and when i lived that life now when i look back and and i see that the other stuff that i've gone through in my life it was easier for me to handle those situations right and if i didn't live that life i would have been is yeah. are expletives allowed in this yes. session yeah. yeah i would have been fucked Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah that's that's what that's what it taught me so yeah. i'm 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 both deeply regretful of the fact that i went through that but i'm also very very grateful as well yeah you know yeah. uh because if i didn't go through that i wouldn't be who i am today that's true so so it gives you a kind of self confidence that you've been through a fire yeah. and so everything else is like a minor spark here and there yeah absolutely i mean yeah. self confidence is a, is a great uh, way to put it honestly because for the longest time in my childhood i was not confident at all in fact so i was one of the people who was bullied in school because of i mean children are are, are cruel. cruel yeah so from my years to i mean they would call me chashmish or some some yeah. shit yeah, yeah. so all, all of that and plus i was really scrawny okay um so and all of that was happening at at, at my junior level and then towards um senior school after college you know i mean i started becoming a completely different person in terms of just how secure i was with who i was 
and how confident I was. Yeah. Again, with who I was. Yeah. And I honestly didn't. I mean, most uh, people who are bullied become bullies, right? I, I never became that. But instead, I became very, very confident um, just being who I was. And um, yeah. And then, and then what happened? What happened in the work scenario? What kind of, you know, job did you choose? And how did that transition into the ad world and the creative so the world happen? Yeah, it's very interesting because, y you know, I mean, so I mentioned that my dad was in uh, public yeah. relations. At that time, in the 1980s, public relations and advertising were very closely related. Related. Right? Yes. Not so much right now, but back in the day it was. To an extent where I would see my dad, who was in PR, um, brainstorming with someone who was, in, who was in the creative field or client servicing, right? And they would talk right. about the business problem and how to approach the solution and all of that. So I was about, what, seven, eight years old? And I would see all of this exciting stuff happen on the dining, dining table. table. Yeah. And my dad had this friend called Ashok. Very uh, interesting character. He, he had white hair. He was, he couldn't have been more than mid thirties, maybe early thirties at that point in time. Early with white hair. Yeah. And uh, he used to smoke cigars and he used to travel abroad. And he would come back whenever he would travel abroad, he would come back and he would get me cans, small cans of Coke. Now, Coke wasn't in the, uh, in in the country, in, in the country yeah. then. So for an eight-year-old child to, to, to see yeah, that yeah, was, was iconic, right? Yeah, right? And he would, yeah, so he would smoke cigars and, and say, fuck this, fuck that, fuck <laughs> the universe. This. And I was like, wow, who is this, <laughs> this person? <laughs> I want to be him. And I had no idea what he did for a living. Right. I just knew I wanted to be him. Yeah. And then, of course, I, I ended up going to his office, the place where he worked at. And I realized what an advertising agency was. And I right. saw the, the eclectic, I mean, in the 80s, yeah. advertising was still a so very yeah, eclectic yeah, 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 yeah. place, right? Alternative. Yeah. Completely. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, and people were dressed in jeans and T-shirts and... Casual. Some, yeah, and, 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 you know, smoking inside the office and talking about lines and, 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 and ah, looking right. at artworks. And I was like, wow, this is, this is nuts. Really I, cool. I, I want to yeah. do this. Yeah. So at the back of my head, I knew inherently what I wanted to do, but also I wasn't really good at anything else, to be fair, right? I mean, I, I wanted, there were, there were about two, three options open to me. There was law that I really wanted to do. Um, there was advertising, which I knew nothing about, but it, you felt it, you had yeah, it was impressionable, right? Yeah. So it was an impression that, that was created. And there was journalism, these three things. And all of these three things are related to words. Which is the only thing I, I knew. <laughs> I yeah. didn't know anything else, yeah. right? So I gave up on science. I gave up on maths. And I didn't know anything about politics. I still don't. So I had to figure out my career between these three things. So my first career choice was not advertising at all. It was law. Yeah. Um, and I remember once class 12 finished, I told my dad, listen, I want to go to, I think, Christ Christ University in, uh, in Bangalore. Because they had a law... Right. Um, I think it's a law college, I'm not yeah. sure, but it had a law, whatever, course. And I said, you know, this is how much it's going to cost. I want to go there. He said, no, we don't have the money. And so that there died my uh, career yeah, yeah. career in, 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 in law. I think I would have made a great lawyer. I think, I'm not sure. I could have been terrible at it. <laughs> but so anyway, so, so, so law went flying out of the window. But then once college started, I, I started doing um, internships and traineeships. The way I got my first job is very interesting. I, 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 I 
I didn't know anyone in advertising. I knew of certain people, but I didn't know anyone personally. There was this one gentleman that I knew of. His name was Anurag Hira at Bates. And someone had said, you know, he's great in, uh, in Calcutta. He's still amazing. Such a lovely human being. Um, and he was supremely, and is supremely talented. So someone said, you should go meet him. So I went. I went to the Bates office and I sat in the reception early in the morning at about 8.30. So the receptionist said, who, who, who would you like to meet? I said, I would like to meet Mr. Anurag Hira. So she said, you'll have to wait. He hasn't come into offices yet. So he, 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 he walks he, in yeah. and the receptionist says, you know, there's this guy who wants to meet you. So he's, he turns around, he looks at me and I was like, hi, I, you know, I, 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 I don't oh, know no, who no. you are, but you know, you've, I've been asked to meet you and I'd like to join as a trainee. So he says, we're not looking for trainees right now. I said, okay, fair enough. Mm. I'm going to come back again tomorrow. So I did that. I came back to that same office every single day for about, I think for about a week, 10 days. And he would come look at me. I would ask the same question. He would say, we're not looking for trainees. I think to w on the 10th day, he got fed up. And he said, just come. And that's how I got my first gig wow. at an agency. Um, and yeah, I mean, so that happened. And then by that time, I mean, I was I was getting into advertising. I was I was developing a love for it. I loved writing, um, and it just and you did yeah. really well because you were the youngest creative director ever, right? I mean, the uh, way not you the younger. I think I think Raul Bose was the youngest. I wasn't the youngest, but I was voted at uh, of uh, the top thirty young creative directors of India. Yeah, wow. At, at, yeah. at a point in time, I did well. So I I came back. I, I mean, I came back. I came to Delhi. And my career just took off. Yeah, I worked with, also took off because the people that I was surrounded with, the sheer talent of people that I was surrounded with it's was really so good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, my, all my training happened at places like Ogilvy, Rediff under a, a lot of fantastic people, Wyden Kennedy. So I learned a lot from these people, a lot. Yeah. And I, I owe my entire career to these people. I, I wouldn't be where I am. Um, still loving what I do if it was not for the training that I had. And I think, you know, just digressing a little bit here, the people who are who are writers, who call themselves writers today, um, on LinkedIn, you'll, you'll often find them yes. saying that, you know, a writer that can deliver 5x returns for your brand. I think that's bullshit, right? There's, there's nothing to back that up with. Also, these people have had zero training. Yeah. They don't know their ass from their tail. It's true, they don't, right? Um, yeah. But yeah. you got to do what you got to do to survive. And right. I respect that. Yeah. You know, had I not had any training, I possibly would have done the same thing. Right. You know, fake it till you make it, yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 But um, so when you've reached such heights and you're doing so well and, you know, you've got it together, you're passionate about your work and all of that, life had another challenge for you because in your personal life, your marriage... Yeah. Didn't really work yeah. out. So tell me a little bit about that. So I met my then, uh, I mean, my ex-wife uh, at the place I was working at. And she was she was a lovely person. She still is a lovely person. But I, you know, I, I think that I was too young for marriage. I don't think men should be married b below 30. I, I do not think, I don't think they're mature, right? Um, but also, we were not a great fit. And these are concepts that you understand slightly later on in life. 
I don't think these are concepts that you understand at that kind of age. I got married when I was about, I think, 26, stepping on to 27. So I was, I was very young. I got married at 21. 21? Yeah. Bloody hell. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah, That's but your marriage is going great. Yeah. I mean, mine yeah. didn't. Yeah. No, so, um, so wh when you say that, I, I definitely agree with the fact that men mature later. Yeah. Um, but was it also the marriage because there was this pressure from your mom that settled down and all no, of that? No, no, was there was that story? no. No, 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 not at all. Okay. There was no pressure from my mom at all. Mm. There was a certain bit of pressure from her parents, which is understandable. I mean, I, yes. I understand where, where they're coming from. Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, you know, I, I, can, I can put this on so many people. Right. But at the end of the day, it was me and her who took this call. No one, no one put right. a gun to her head. Right. You know? Right. And we thought it was going to work. And I've, and I've always been an eternally uh, optimistic person, which is both a flaw and a boon. I think everything's going to work out. Right? And I enter into any, any relationship or any sort of um, commitment with that mindset in mind. I think, yeah, let's do it. It's, it'll, we'll see. You know? I'm not so sure that's the right way to go about certain things. I, I, now, for example, I'm more, I'm slightly more clinical. I weigh the pros and cons of certain situations before I get into them, mm. right? Mm. But I, but again, coming back, that's a lot to do with maturity. That's a, that's a lot to do with growing up and seeing the world and see how you fit into certain situations. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, that's true. But it's you know what you're talking about is also. Mm, the kind of insight that comes with self-reflection because most people are very easy to play the blame game, right? When, when shit happens and things go wrong, um, it's always, you know, it was this one's fault and that one's fault and, you know. So, you know, there is such a thing as an amicable divorce and yeah. an amicable parting yeah. and yeah. you have had that. Yeah. So, you know, talk about how that works because given that, you know, you're a, father of a daughter yeah. and you know your daughter's doing well with both of you talk about that a little bit of how it's been that whole journey so it's not been a bed of roses uh, so yes it's been an amicable divorce but I mean I called for that divorce I mean I made up my mind that I wasn't going to stay in that marriage because it was I saw old patterns emerging once again the patterns I saw in my childhood right and because of a variety of, of, of elements in that marriage, I could sense that there would be things that my daughter, that our daughter would grow up seeing, which I wouldn't, I couldn't have at all, right? Under no circumstances. I couldn't even risk going deeper into the marriage knowing that there was even a 1% chance that, that our daughter would grow up seeing her parents fight and wishing they were not married. That's not the right way to grow up. So while that decision was easy, the decision of moving away, moving out of the house was not easy at all because I love my daughter to death. She's the first priority in my life always. To leave the person that you're in love with, that you can die for, in order to protect her is very hard, very, very hard. So I remember when I moved out of the house. Um, How old was she at the time? She was about, uh, my memory sucks, but I think uh, about f five or six. 
So I mean, she had a very close bond with you. By yeah, that yeah, time absolutely. I mean, we we yeah, had, yeah. we've had a very very tight, and our bond is not so much of a father daughter bond. It's it's uh, it's hard to explain. It's she is her own person. I right. am my own person, and we've learned to respect who we are. Um, we are friends. We are BFFs, right? Um, but I don't think there's any remote. Um, Parental. Yeah, it's not. It's not like a, I am your father. Hence, you know, and neither is it from her side as well, which is why we 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 are we are very yeah. very good with each other. Yeah. Right. Um, so and she also gets on. I mean, you you married again subsequently. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So she 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 gets along with with my with my current wife yeah. fabulously. And I think the reason why they can do that is because there is no compulsion. So for example, when before I even married again. I spoke to my daughter. I said, "Listen, I'm dating someone. Would you be okay if I married? First of all, because if you say no, then no." Right? Um, and she was very open to that idea. Right? Wow! And we met. All of us met. I I just wanted to test waters to the see how yeah huh? how they were. Right. Right. And it was fabulous. And the reason it was fabulous is because my wife as well. She had no um, thing about oh I'm going to be a stepmom. No. You are your own person. My daughter is her own person. I am my own person. So when we hang out, and we're like three people hanging out, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is why hangout sessions are so much fun because my daughter is, you know, brings something to the table. I bring something to the table. My wife brings something to the table, right? Right. And we're like adults hanging out. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a triage yeah. of 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 connections. You know how yeah, how yeah, how yeah. How, yeah. how these relationships work. The relationship. Work. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. dependent on. On who is hence who I'm and married yeah. and hence, hence you must you do this and ah, you know it's right. it's, it's not right. that it's it's you break you know the word your chains you break the chains and and there are no whips you're flogging each other no, with yeah and yeah. you exist so much better you yeah. coexist so much better right so right. it's fabulous right now honestly and she is now about twelve I yeah. think right she's turning so 12. that's that's also a great age because they are that brink of you know between a child and a so it's really the best part. Well, she's she hasn't been a child for a long time. Uh, <laughs> the reason she hasn't been a child in a, uh, for a long time is because, a, I think, kids are maturing far quicker Absolutely. now. Yeah. Um, but also, she's had a tough life right. growing up, right? right? She hasn't had a very. I I'm gonna put this in quotes, normal, because I I think the word normal itself is is yeah. such a is such a weird word, right. you know. Um, right. So she's had her share of problems and. And and stuff which which might affect her psychologically when she grows up. So she had to gr like like I had to, to grow, grow up, up quicker. She had to grow up quicker. Um, the conversations that she and me have are very adult conversations. They're not they're not father daughter conversations. So you mean you you can Sorry. she can ask you about anything under the sun. Oh, absolutely. So she would be able to have a conversation with you about sex. For example, not right now, but yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I mean, or periods, or menstruation, mm. or boys, or crushing on where all yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. So we went for a staycation. Uh, uh, I think a couple of weeks back, and so I was I was packing the the the, the sanitary napkins, and I said. How many do we pack? So these are these yeah, are so normal. Yeah, yeah, these are these are very these, normal these questions, normal. and they have to be normal, right? You can't be oh periods like yeah. You can't. Okay. You can't. Right, right. That's, that's that's so uncool. Yeah, I mean, 
why yeah. it's 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 so it's so normal right yeah um yeah so, yeah, so we have i mean she comes and tells me oh i like this boy and i said okay cool um yeah. you know what's his name tell me about him and all that and then a couple of weeks later She'll the boy's changed <laughs> you know so <laughs> it's 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 funny and then and then i tell her oh but you know i i liked this girl when i was 16 and she was my first crush and i tell her about my life growing up right, and and right. all that and we exchange stories and it's and, and it's interesting to see these relationships developing at at her level level and for her it's interesting to see my, my relationships re- from my level when yeah. i was growing up and i was her age absolutely you know so these are really fun conversations no but the just the fact that you can have those conversations so openly i think reduces that you know that trauma that children uh, go yeah. through and then even you know when they grow up you they don't have to wait till they are 30 and lying on a therapist couch to <laughs> say you know this 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 happened and i you know um so yeah. because that's such a waste of a relationship and a life yeah. right yeah so um you know i mean even when even when my ex wife and me split up both of us had conversations with her yeah. saying that you know just because we got married doesn't necessarily mean that we have to stay married what doesn't change is the fact that we love you right that doesn't change yeah. but nothing else you know yeah. i mean yeah I mean, you don't have to bind correct, uh, you know correct. yourself with Absolutely. with something that's not working out yeah. you know yeah, yeah. and that's this is what i tell her right i mean uh, i've written so so many letters to her um and one such letter says that you know when you grow up you're going to be in relationships yeah don't ever feel pressurized to stay, stay. in that relationship even though you're hurting or you're in pain it's okay to move on sure that's painful as well but it's perfectly fine to move on you know yeah, that yeah. needs to be an option that that should always be given to to kids but, and parents and but i think you know that is where i think we have also evolved from a time and age like purane zamane mein whether it was a job or a marriage it was for life correct you know even careers correct and uh, you know professions i mean you you saw your father and people you know for 30 30 years they stuck to jobs at very toxic situations very toxic um, sort of environments and they dealt with a lot of things that we would think are unimaginable now you know yeah. we would like yeah. call it out right so yeah. whether it was the office or the home hmm. and your story seems to be one where if something was not working you have changed it you have you know flipped pivoted the whole thing and yeah. and and moved from there yeah so coming back to the next uh, challenge that you had professionally what was it so or personally what was um, it um so career wise if i as i said i was doing very well yeah and it it wasn't all stars and moons and you know astrology yeah. i think i think i was also work, working very hard very hard it. yeah yeah mm i was fairly good at what i was doing i i never going to say i was better than anyone else because i'm not i'm i think i think i'm very average but i work very hard so um and, and you're I not you're not like competitive you're not trying to bring down or pull no, down no, someone no, else no, to no, be who you are no, 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 all never, of never, that never never because never. all that kind of politics yeah, does yeah. really happen in agencies and yeah, all that no uh, it 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 does and it doesn't um depending on who you are yeah depending on who you are what you attract what kind of people you surround yourself with um so i would always do a lot of research before i entered an agency 
<coughs> I didn't want to enter a place which was known for being a slightly toxic mm. you know, environment. Mm. And I worked with very good people. Yeah. The people I worked with were not political at all. Mm. They just were hungry for good work. So I've been very fortunate. Um, but so yeah, so my my career was going very well. 2018 is when this whole Me Too movement was going on, right? And there was an allegation against me, some fake allegation against me on, um, on Medium. Someone had written something and it was anonymous. And then my boss um, at this company that I was working in met me and said that, you know, you have to, and this was at a time when when my bosses also were named by their by employees and yeah. stuff and anyway so m this other boss of mine the the ceo spoke to me and said that you know we have to let you go i said okay why mm. said no business loss this that mm. i said but business loss to hota hai? i mean uh, what's the big yeah, deal right right so said, no no but this is impacting business clients and i know that because uh, because i along with another another person had started the agency in Gurgaon, right? So I know that clients were going and, and, and the business was iffy. Right. And the first people who are who are thrown out in a situation like this are the, are the senior people because right. that, that they right. draw the biggest money. Um, anyway, long story short, I resigned. So anyway, so he said that if you resign, then you'll get two months salary. If you don't resign, you'll get one yeah, month yeah, salary. Yeah, Some, yeah. Something like so that. It's I, I can't remember, it's a yeah. long time back. Um, so I resigned, but the shitty thing that the agency did was, I think, two hours after I resigned, they took out a tweet saying that, as a company, we are against sexual harassment at the workplace or whatever like that, and these people have been let go, and with these people, my name is also there, which meant that yeah. I was sacked, yeah. which yeah. I wasn't. With, yeah. I wasn't sacked. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I wasn't fired. They to were fire to, me, yeah. to f No, no, but it gets interesting because to fire me, you would have had to hold an investigation. You can't right. fire someone without having an investigation. Right. 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 There was no investigation. The reason why there was an investigation because was because there was, there was no accuser. It was all anonymous. Right? right. And anyway, so that once that tweet went out, my life was fucked. My career was fucked. No, I was unhirable. No one was going to touch me. And no matter what I said, and I, I made, big, I, I was in a state of panic. Right? I was trying to salvage the situation as best as I could. And everyone had different opinions about it, right? Someone, someone told me, oh, you owe people an apology. So I wrote out an apology without knowing what the hell I was, I was writing. Apologizing yeah? for, yeah. Someone said, you must exit social media. So I exited social media. Someone else said, um, you know, you must start afresh. Start afresh how? So easy to say, but how the hell do yeah. you start afresh, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and I was listening to all of these people and I didn't end up listening to myself. I spoke to lawyers. Um, I had a recourse of action, but it was, I just didn't have the strength. I didn't have the strength. I was too busy just, just trying Grappling to- Grappling with, like, yeah. Yeah, I was just trying to keep yeah. my head above water because what I was going through at that point in time was, was, was horrendous uh, to a point mm -hmm. where I very meticulously planned out my suicide very meticulously and and it wasn't it wasn't um, like an emotional thing at all at all it was a very simple mathematical equation i knew i couldn't earn any money i knew if i died my daughter at least would make some money from my life insurance it was it was as simple as that 
So, um, but then I went to Cal. I went to Calcutta to to spend some time with my mom. And then on the flight back, I drew out a plan. And I said, and I thought to myself, look, you started with nothing. And sure, you've reached a certain place now, but just imagine you're starting with nothing again. Only this time, there's there are tags associated with me. Yeah. Untrue tags, yeah. but there are tags nevertheless. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Who's to say it's true or untrue? That's if you true. if you read the tweet, you'll say, Oh yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. Because whatever's out there on, on, on social media or on the news, oh, it must Seems be true. Must be true, yeah. Correct? Yeah. Now the biggest mistake that I did is not talk about it back then. That's the biggest mistake, which I am now rectifying. Now I'm I'm sending Talking legal notices it. to everyone. Right? Um, but back then I didn't I didn't have the strength. I just didn't have the strength. Um Anyway, so yeah, so 2009, so 2018, August has happened, 2019, um, I was just trying to see where I would make money from. So, and you know, I mean, I said, okay, no jobs, no advertising career, fair enough. What do I need? I need money, right? How much money do I need? I said, okay, if I sell off my car, if I move to a PG, I need about 80,000 bucks to survive. My, my daughter's school fees, clothes, this, that, whatever, my food, mm. this, that, mm. I need about 80,000 bucks. I, I went to the Uber platform, I saw how much money an Uber driver makes. And mm. I saw that, okay, I would potentially make about 50,000 bucks, right? If I had my own car, whatever, I would make about 50,000 bucks. 30,000 would come in through some freelance or the other. So I knew, okay, I, I, could, I could make 80,000. Once you know that, once you know that, if nothing else. This is it, yeah. You have this as a safety net, right? Once I knew that, then I went all out. Yeah. I spoke to people. I went out again. Um, I said, I went to clients and I said, this is my portfolio. This is what I do. This is what you read about me. This is what's actually happened. If you choose to work with me, great. If not, I understand. I get it. Mm. I get it. And I and I did get it. I wasn't just saying that. Yeah. I did get it. Yeah. I understand that people are, are hesitant. Hesita yeah. They they believe everything they'll read. So I, I understood that. Right? Had I been in their position, I possibly would have been acted the same way they acted, you know? Um so sure enough. So I I I, I understood that out of ten people, maybe about three, four would work with me. Six, seven wouldn't. And that's exactly what happened. But what also happened was that the three people who worked with me the work that I did with them was was, was, so good. was was good, right? And then through those three, two more, more came, and then it just it work just, started yeah. coming yeah. in again. Yeah. By yeah. the end of 2019, and I'm not saying this to show off at all. I'm just putting things into perspective. My last drawing salary at the place I was working at was 30, 32.5 lakhs. Or thirty-three point five. I'm not sure. Th mm. Whatever. Yeah. Th whatever. Right. Um, by the e by by mid two thousand nineteen, I was making about uh, close to thirty wow. in a year. Mm. Okay. Mm. Two thousand nineteen August, I said, I'm just going to set up my own agency now. Work was coming in, but I needed to 
it was coming in as as a freelance thing here and there. I just needed to organize the situation a little, a little bit. So mm. I I thought let me give my company an identity. So I locked myself up in a hotel room. Um, and I approached it like I would approach the strategy of any new client. I said, okay, there is what's mm. the market gap? Mm. Where do I fit in? Mm. What do I bring to the table that others that aren't. others can't or aren't mm. right? And I and I found a spot. I found a nice little spot where I with where, where what I had in mind could fit in, with a very different agency structure as well. Not I didn't. I never wanted to build an agency for the sake of making an agency and hiring twenty people and doing mm, that mm. kind of work. I, I I've done that. I didn't want to do that. So anyway, so locked up in a hotel room. I I surrounded by sheets of white paper and color pencils and and pens and all that. I started sketching and started writing down the vision for the company, how I was going to bring it out alive, and um, I called it the Voice Company. Yes. Now, there are two reasons why I called it the Voice Company. The first reason is the market reason, which is the fact that I, I think most brands need a voice, right? Um, to do well, you need to find yeah. your own voice. But the other reason why I called it the Voice Company was a very personal reason. It was the fact that everyone needs to have a voice, and I and I understood how important having a voice is because after this you, episode yes. of mine because I didn't have the strength to say, say anything. anything. Just imagine if I had the strength to come out and talk about what actually went down, and you don't even know. I'm not going to talk about the other stuff, but a lot of stuff went down. Um, but if I had the voice to 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 tell my story hmm. things were could have been a lot different yeah right so it's taken a lot of being very vulnerable being very uh, beaten defeated frightened scared of what the world will say and then somehow processing all of that in a way that enabled you to draw strength from past experience yeah bring that into the mix yeah but i've never been yeah i've never been scared of what the world is going to say ever i, I no. that that never was a, a feature in my so head at all so it's just that you didn't have the strength you were you i didn't were have just the strength tired. yeah you were i didn't just have tired. the strength yeah when when everything sucked out of my body you don't have the strength to get up from bed i i've spent months howling lying in bed where you feel incapacitated you cannot move and and that f and i i remember that feeling so well where i couldn't get up from bed to go eat you know i would just lie in bed thinking fuck what do i do now and tell me i mean to to ask a personal question given that you had this whole addiction background in your family yeah. when things were really low you never got drawn into okay now i'm going to just become an alcoholic or i'm just no. going to all of that did no, not I, see it's not again see it's not in my control is is what i th is what i think so even on days when you know i i i for a f i used to drink every day but i'll have like i don't drink to get high i drink to take the edge of the day so i'll sit and curl up with with one gin right. or or one small bourbon or whatever yeah. and i'll savor that drink i drink for the flavor i drink for the experience of taking the edge off i don't drink to oh get i need to get totally smashed, smashed tonight. yeah i i don't and I, I 
I hate that feeling also. You know, also age. Like you feel like right. shit the next day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, but even then, I would drink, but it would never be beyond a certain point. Like I would have two, three drinks or whatever, mm. but not mm. to numb myself. Yeah. Yeah. There was no numbing that pain. There was no numbing that pain. That pain was, oh my God, that yeah. was hard. That pain was hard. There was no numbing it. There was nothing I could have done to numb it. So the only thing I could do was live it. You had to live that pain in order to come out of it. So what were the tools that helped you survive? I mean, were there friends? Was there work? Was there spirituality? What did you... What did you turn to to kind of give you that anchor through all of it? Honestly, it was myself, and I know I'm I I I know what I'm sounding like when I when I say this. Um, I don't believe in God. I am spiritual, but not to an extent that I think that there is a power over us, and you know I, I that's not who I am. I think the universe whether you call it spirituality, whether you call it whatever, it's all here. Mm. Either you can harness it, right? Or you can ignore it. And it's always been me. There has been nobody else. Of course, there are supports, right? There are support systems in place. You have a friend circle. But at that point in time, all my friends fucked off. <laughs> there, was, there was no one there, right? My right. closest friends fucked off. So... Um, and you don't blame them as such for of course i blame them you do yeah yeah you for do, sure you do but i but i blame them but i i don't hold anything against them like yeah a lot of friends have have i've tried back i've tried to keep in touch with me after i've resurfaced Your success, yeah. yeah and i was like fuck off huh. you know it doesn't work like that you know right um but it's 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 been me so whether i choose to to look back on my experiences as a child or my growing up years and i see that Yes, tough situations are going to happen, right? And I'm just 40. I'm sure I'll fail. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll fail. I'll have tougher situations by the time I, you know, right, turn 50, right. 60, whatever. I mean, yeah. There'll be more. There'll be many more. Right. But w what other option do you have instead of facing them? I don't think you have any other option. But tell me, you've, you know, you've developed this very quirky kind of persona you stand out in you know how you dress how you appear with this you know this whole image with pizza on your socks <laughs> and uh, you know all this yellow frames and all of that so how does this image play a role in in who you are building yourself the image is just for me i'm um I what? like fun things. I like I like I like a certain sense of quirk. I like fun. I um, there are so many conversations with my daughter that I screenshot because I'm like, she's such an interesting person and she's had, had such a delightful sense of humor. I've, I've I've often told her that if you didn't have a sense of humor, I don't think we'd be get, getting along. So you know? like, give me an but example. I think fun is an essence. Like the other day, I was on Amazon and I bought myself fake cockroaches, and I spent an entire couple of days just throwing them at people. My my help, so I would I would she would be in the kitchen. I would throw a fake cockroach at her, and then she she spend the next five minutes just Screaming, running. Huh? Yeah, and then I would throw more at her. Then I also bought lizards, so I'm. Uh, 
this crazy person no 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 i just think <laughs> i i have somehow managed to keep the child in me also alive and i think um, i'm glad i did because it's allowed me to be vulnerable as a child it's allowed me to be curious about the world as a child um it's also allowed me to to constantly be on learning mode like you mentioned yes. intern yeah right so that's the reason i call myself so my visiting card says founder and intern of intern, the voice company yeah. and a lot of people ask me what, what do you mean intern and i think and i say that you know intern no. is not a designation for me it's a way of life yeah right, right. um you need to be constantly open to learning about new things right right now i'm fascinated by ai i'm fascinated right i this some this something i know nothing about but i look at what you can do with it and i spent i spent about half an hour in the morning today creating a reel for the copy chainship that i run and it was it was nuts i mean i i i i put a ai generated image using another ai platform i turned that image into my mouth moving using another ai generated platform i turned text into speech so that the mouth saying is, the is saying something then i made it a female voice so now you have a reel of me with my face static picture with just my mouth moving and eyes moving talking in a girl's voice about the copy traineeship wow it's nuts right and yeah. it was it was like half an hour so I'm, I'm I I love You're excited about yeah, the I'm potential. Yeah, I'm really excited about about learning new things. So, I think even um you know, in terms of how open you are to the world and exploration and all of that, I remember you telling me that, you know, you told your mom that you wanted to get your nose pierced. Yeah. And uh, you <laughs> know, she said, "Why are you a homo?" Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, in this new world of where you know identities are fluid and concepts are fluid and we are all grappling with how to be you obviously represent the kind of man who is very i mean to put it in a very limited sense metrosexual <laughs> in that sense now that I, that they they called shahrukh khan the so first I, metrosexual i i i'm i i detest labels i think huh. you know but huh. i don't think that i am any kind of man and i don't think women are any kind of women i just think we are who we are you know and what stops us from being who we are are people or other people now if you just for a second and you know when i when i when i had this conversation with my mom and i said um you know i really want to pierce the side of my nose her first instinct was are you gay Mm. and that instinct i get because that's the same instinct that other people will have so i get that instinct okay yes it hurt a little bit when she said it because she's my mother she's supposed to understand who i am and you know right. i always been, it's not it's not like I, i i woke up today and became like this i've always been like this <clears throat> but i to 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 come back i think when you take that filter out of oh like what are people going to think about this if you take it out and if you can just live your life as joyously as possible i think you'll have a great life like for example i want to pierce my nose today the next week i may not think it's such a good idea in which case i won't so allow yourself that flexibility and freedom to try new things and if it doesn't work don't do it you don't have to be in a certain structure Box. Yeah. yeah yeah and but unknowingly we all become uh we all put ourselves in these boxes i'll give you i'll give you an example i was talking to my wife 
uh, yesterday, last night, and for the copy traineeship, I I have a social media um, like a like a lookbook kind of like so so there are themes that are, that are, that run. Now, when I was creating it, it was looking very very nice because it was all in grids and you know there was a white kind of thing running down the middle. But when I looked at it yesterday, I was like, yeah, it's looking too like clean and formatted and that is not who I am only yeah so I said no yeah I just I just want to fuck around with it a little bit now <laughs> so I think in the next couple of weeks I'm just going to fuck with everything I've done for a while and just do some let's other stuff let's yeah let something else I think happen. the minute you I think you look at something and say, mm, <laughs> is this fun the minute it stops being fun you should just stop doing it you know right, right. relationships as well at a certain point in time, a relationship will no longer be fun. Then what's the point in being in that relationship? What's th what what does a relationship bring to the table if not fun, if not lightheartedness, if not hugs, right? What does it what does it value add to your life? Stop but being that's one. That's a very um, sort of different take on the old model of lifelong everything right? because in the in the in the sort of <coughs> old-fashioned world that we grew up in in the, the 70s and 80s and even 90s i would say that everything was fit in a box there was a prescription yeah and you either lived up to that prescription or you were assessed on how far away from that prescription you moved right yeah and your entire life seems to be a journey towards how not to come close to any prescription. Yeah, to any box at all. Yeah, box, yeah. run. Run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. That, that's my mechanism. As yeah. soon as I see a label, I'm like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> that I cannot. I feel I feel I feel like a misfit yeah. when I'm in that box. Yeah. Yeah. And and so what would you say is is some words of advice? I would say I mean, of course, you know, women will talk about women, but I would, I would really, to guys, you know, because most men don't have this kind of insight and experience to be as vulnerable, and they don't have the models also, you know. You are an exceptional model of how to be for a, for a guy growing up, because they usually have these very dominant patriarchal stereotypes that they feel pressured to to follow so what are three or four things that you know you would tell kids that could ease the pressure uh, or people not just kids see i think um, i don't know I don't, I don't know if i have three four things i don't even know if i have advice but i think m <coughs> most men that i've met <coughs> are too involved with being men you know, men function a certain way. And we've been seeing men function a, a certain way for centuries. But what really differentiates you and me are the genitals. There's nothing else. Right. There's nothing else. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, so if you keep genitals outside of the equation, you'll program yourself to be a human being, the genitals come later, right? The genitals are great for sex, <laughs> but it doesn't serve yes. any purpose to day-to-day -day life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, 
you don't wave your genitals up in the air and, and, and you enter a conversation with someone. You enter a conversation with someone yeah. like you and me are talking as people, as human right. beings. Right. right, right. So when you when you keep genitals aside and you just say that, okay, I just want to explore myself. I want to find out who I am. Right? That's yeah. a great way of... Exploring a new identity. Correct. And, and what you yeah, can and be. Yeah, and an and, 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 and identity that is not limited to, yeah. to your gender. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is why, I mean, when I think, when I said I want to pierce my nose, then it becomes a, a conversation around gender. Whoa, but women do this. Why would men do it? Now take that out. Take that out of the equation. Like, I want to wear a sari. Yeah. And I will. I've, yeah. I've asked my wife to teach me how to wear one. I will. And I want to wear one because I think it, it looks great. And I think I could carry it off. And you, you think your daughter would be cool with you wearing Oh, she'd sari. be embarrassed as fuck. <laughs> yeah, but I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so whenever I, I go to her parent-teachers meetings or her, her, her exhibitions at school, I'm, I'm wearing something like this or, or ha, whatever. Ha. And she looks at me like, oh, no, shit, uh. shit, 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 my father's coming <laughs> But her friends are like, hey, your dad's here, he's looking so, so cool. So cool, yeah. 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 So, but it's okay. I, yeah. I, 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 after a while, I don't really care what's, what, what she thinks. Like, as I said, she's another human being. You right, know? right. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's so. really embarrassed about some of the things. That, but I think she also she, uh, she's torn between being embarrassed and also really liking it. You know, and, and she's and the kind of person who always wears black. Yeah, she's in that black phase now. She'll ah, wear black, oversized okay. black t-shirts and and hoodies yeah. and full pants and black shoes. She's in that phase. I'm like, add some color to your life, yeah. Yeah. Why are you Why are you just dressed in black? What's going on? Yeah. So yeah. You know, people have their patterns. People yeah. have Their themes for certain yeah. parts yeah. of their lives, and they grow out of it. But it's been a quite a roller coaster talking to you and <laughs> and uh, you know sharing these whole lot of ideas that kind of stir up the pot of perception really because you know we see life in in sort of these little boxes yeah. as we said yeah. and we we seem to think that we have to contribute to each and every box rather than create a box of our correct. own correct right yeah and um, what I mean, at least this conversation seems to have been about is how to craft even what goes into the creation of that box. Yeah, because it's you know, all you at the end of the day. It's for you, yeah. right? Yeah. So thank you for being here. You're and very thank, thank you, you. For, yeah, for, for this joyride of a conversation. <laughs> thank it's you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.